0: Well, it's great to be here this morning. It's a bit of a rarity in the summer months, but it's great to be here. My name's Peter. If I don't know you, it's great to uh, have you amongst us. Last time I spoke here, I spoke uh, on raising children, parenting, and um, I was leaning fairly heavily on some, uh, some uh, research and, and work by a guy called Alastair Begg. About two weeks after that message, he put it out in a little booklet, About two weeks after that time, someone informed me that the recording for the day I spoke somehow was corrupted, so they couldn't access it. I thought, oh, well, look, I've just bought um, 20 copies of this, so they're on the back table. If you would like uh, some more help in the area of parenting young children, um, they're up there for you um, as a gift. My only... My only condition is this, that you actually read it. And then let me know you've read it so we can chat about it. There you go. There's my promotion over for this morning. It's an amazing story what we've just heard, isn't it? An absolutely astonishing moment. Um, Can anyone remember, it's written by Luke, can anyone remember what was Luke's profession? He's a doctor. He's a doctor. And it's not surprising that he records more miraculous healings in his account of Jesus' life than any of the other gospel writers. I think he just marveled at Jesus' healing miracles. He knew the body. He knew what was wrong. He knew what was going on. And he probably knew how ridiculously impossible it was to somehow fix a broken spine. And this one, this one, I think would have been just right up there in in his mind But it's interesting as he retells this story, Luke wants us to see far more than just a paralyzed man walking. And there's my picture of a, you know, someone jumping out of a wheelchair. I don't think they had wheelchairs back then. I was just on Google Images. There you go. Um, Remember back to Luke's introduction. He's written an orderly account, he tells us back in chapter one. Why? So that we may know the truth. The truth about Jesus, the truth about who Jesus is, the truth about uh, what Jesus can do, what he can offer to people, the truth about our lives in a broken world that Jesus came to save. Friends, Dr. Luke was directed by the Holy Spirit to record this story to help us. And to give us hope. And it begins with the words, please keep your Bibles open. Uh, It begins with the words, one day as Jesus was teaching. So as we sit here this morning with our Bibles open, let's pray that we will be good learners. Let's pray. Gracious Father, please open our minds to understand your holy word here this morning so that our lives, our thoughts, our attitudes, our relationships, our words, our behavior may be shaped by your truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, look at how Luke sets the scene for us in verse 17. Jesus is teaching, so that's right, that we should expect we're going to learn something. And can I encourage you to use the little comment slip in here if you've got any questions as we go through this morning? Who was the audience? Well, I'm sure there were some locals, but Luke says there were Pharisees and teachers of the law from quite a vast region, from Galilee, that's the local area, and then from Judea, and then Jerusalem, the big, big shots down from the capital. These Pharisees, they're the religious leaders of the nation. They, they uh, consider themselves to be the teachers of, and protectors of God's truth. When truth was challenged, they'd pounce on the problem, like white blood cells trying to eradicate some kind of infection. And by now, Jesus' reputation is quickly spreading. So they've come to check him out, so that if need be, they can oppose him and set him back on the right track. And then lastly in verse 17, Luke says this funny little phrase, The power of the Lord was present to heal. Uh, the NIV and some other translations add the words the sick at the end of the sentence. It's not there in the original. But the power of the Lord was uh, uh, present to heal. The power of who? The Lord God. The power of God. Not human power. Not kind of satanic power as the Pharisees accused him of you know, down a few more chapters. But God's power. And why was God's power present? Because Jesus was present. And Luke says it was present to heal. So we're to expect some great healing miracle to occur. He's kind of set us up for what's about to follow. Imagine you're there in that crowded room. Now, archaeologists have actually uh, excavated around Capernaum. And have a look on the screen here. Uh, this is uh, one of the larger homes in there. You can see a few pillars in the middle of the uh, room there, which would support the roof structure. Uh, a large uh, house, usually just one, perhaps a second room, would probably fit about 50 people. Uh, and the people would sleep on mats, which they, they uh, rolled up during the day, put in the corner, out of the way. Uh, and so they're, they're crowded in here, standing on tiptoes, craning to see what Jesus is going to do. They're spilling out the front door. They're standing, uh, you know, in the, leaning in the windows, trying to see what's going to happen. And um, what's Jesus, what's Jesus going to say? What's he going to do? Who's he going to heal? How will he do it? What kind of sickness? And what does he want us to learn from it? I don't know about you, but if I was there, I'd be looking around for the sickest person in the room. Yeah, what kind of challenges are, is Jesus going to face today? But in this case, the sickest person isn't in the room yet because he can't get in. He's stuck outside. His mates can't get him in because the crowd, it's so jam-packed. But they are desperate. Jesus is the only hope for their friend to be healed. Distance won't stop them. They've carried him there. Crowds won't stop them. Even the roof of another man's house (laughs) won't stop them. Now, a lot of houses in those days, you can see a a rebuild up the top of the the screen there. It's kind of got an external stairway, and the roofs are often flat. So you could actually walk around them on uh, hot summer's nights. They'd sleep up there. And um, depending on the the style of house, it was either big timber beams laid over with smaller branchy-type stuff or reeds, and then packed down with mud to, to form a seal, so there's quite a, quite a bit of thickness there. Um, it's interesting, Luke says that they, they went through tiles. So this may have been at a slightly higher elevated section, a bit easier to rip open. Um, I just rip some tiles off my own house a few months ago. We we're adding a bit of a roof over a, a deck section. Um, I tried to be really careful. Yeah, there you go. The view's really good from the roof. Uh, I, I reckon these, these platforms on top of roofs are a, a good idea. Um, Now, I tried to be neat and clean, but it made a heap of mess. Uh, 2,000 years ago, everything was more basic. No sarking, if you know what that is. And uh, it's that kind of silver, shiny stuff that catches all the dust. Uh, And um, lots of dirt and dust. And it would have been falling. Gravity's doing its job. Crowd like this. And, oh, what's going on up there? Bits of stuff and mud and dirt and grit falling down onto the crowd below. And this poor, paralyzed man who spent all his life lying down, being ignored by the crowds, suddenly has this one moment of vertical glory. Everyone's eyes fixed on him as they lower him down until he's lying in front of Jesus. Now there's a physical ailment, if ever there was one. Everyone's watching. His problem is so obvious. And Jesus leans over and goes, friend, your sins are forgiven. What? Hang on. Jesus, the man, can't walk. That's his problem, isn't it? Isn't it? At the start, Luke has told us the power of God was present to heal. And the first thing Jesus does is forgives his sins. What's that showing us about the priorities of Jesus? What's that showing us about this man's most important ailment in life? I mean, how tragic it would be to be healed for a lifetime but not healed spiritually for eternity. How tragic to enjoy good health in this life, like many of the onlookers that day and perhaps some of us here this this morning, but to be crippled for eternity by not having Jesus forgive your sins. Physical healings, amazing as they may be, deal only with this life. But they point us to Jesus' greater miracle of spiritual healing, sins forgiven, that gives us eternal life. Now, it's not wrong to pray for physical healing. In fact, it's good and right. But let's not ignore the more important sickness of unforgiving sin in the human heart. It's important to note that, that Jesus didn't forgive the man because he and his friends worked so hard to get there. <laughs> didn't they work hard? No, their hard work was just proof of the faith that they had in Jesus' ability to heal. This crippled man knew that he was helpless to help himself. He put his trust completely in the one, the only one, who could heal him. So his healing, it wasn't a reward for effort. It was a result of well-placed faith. Jesus forgives the sins of all who place their trust in him. All who place their trust in him. Now, there must have been a variety of reactions around that room at that point. Uh, I've already kind of illustrated one, you know, like, isn't his problem obvious? What's Jesus doing? Uh, Perhaps some were still rubbing dirt out of their eyes and thinking, well, I can't see anything. (laughs) Imagine the owner of the house. He's probably thinking, Jesus, tell this man and his friends to fix my roof, can you? But it's interesting that the only reaction that Luke picks up on is the thoughts of the religious leaders who had gathered there that day. Verse 21, they're thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And they're right. They recognize that Jesus is actually claiming to be God. Now, some people say that Jesus never... Claimed to be God in his ministry and I guess if you can ignore that he's making a claim to be God then you can accept him as a great teacher and a healer and a basic all round nice guy but you don't have to fall at his feet and worship him as God friends Jesus didn't come to be merely appreciated and admired he came to seek And to save people who are lost in sin by calling them to repent and put their trust in Him and Him alone. Now, the Pharisees are really upset. (laughs) This could get ugly really quickly. What does Jesus do? Verse 22, look at it with me. Jesus knew what the religious leaders were thinking. That's pretty clever. That's the second miracle on this day. First one is he's forgiven someone's sins. Now he actually knows what someone's thinking. Um, Occasionally, I can guess roughly what a person is thinking by the look on their face. You know, sort of. Uh, Here, Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and he confronted them. They'd come to confront him. Here he is confronting them. And you'd think that would have been enough For them to stop and consider, just who are we dealing with here? (laughs) Poor old Pharisees. You know, they treasured God's word and they worked hard to obey it. That's good. But they were so puffed up with pride. You have questions, oh, we have answers. You have problems, we have solutions. They raised their interpretation of God's word above God's word itself. Friends, I want to say that the Bible alone is God's word. Here at Shell Harbour City, Anglican, we we love you. We pray for you. We want what's best for you. We seek to try and explain what God is saying in his word to teach his truth. But you know what? We are not his truth. We are not his truth. Uh, We are sinners like you. All of the ministry staff, we are sinners like you, equally in need of a gracious and mighty Savior who we find in Jesus Christ. All of us, we're together. It's like we, we all sit under the authority of the Word of God. And from that position, we want to encourage each other to understand it and obey it. And God's given some of us the role of being teachers. God's given all of us the role of being hearers and obeyers. Friends, as I spend time with people in the community, I'm deeply concerned that there are people, and perhaps there are people like this here this morning, who sincerely believe that they're actually good enough to deserve heaven. Or that somehow they can ignore Jesus and yet still be accepted by God. Such thinking does not agree with the Bible. We're all sinners. And as we see clearly in this passage, Jesus alone has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so like the crippled man I want to ask you this morning, have you come to Jesus for healing? Perhaps like the crippled man, you actually need some friends who will help you find Jesus, help you know Jesus, help you grow in your love for Jesus. Or perhaps like the friends of the crippled man, God wants to use you to help a friend find Jesus. Something worth praying about, isn't it? The next thing Jesus does is really quite unusual. Sometimes people asked him, give us a sign, and he wouldn't. But here, it's miracle number three for the day, he does give them proof on his terms. You see, I could easily say the words, oh, your sins are forgiven. But how would you know? You, You can't see... What's going on inside the heart? It's a spiritual healing. So Jesus says in verse 24, so that you may know that the Son of Man, that's referring to himself, has authority on earth to forgive sins. <laughs> then he turns to the paralyzed man. Now everyone's really watching. I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he did. It's phenomenal, isn't it? That's the power of God present to heal. Luke told us to look out for it. We've seen in the healing of this man spiritually. Now we see it in his physical healing. A broken back and a broken relationship with God, both completely restored. That's the kingdom of God breaking powerfully into a suffering and sinful humanity. In Jesus' ministry, we see God's kingdom on earth amazingly. Not perfectly, because we're still in a broken world, but it's a foretaste of heaven. It's a glimpse of the future for all who put their trust in Jesus, where God, as he promises in Revelation, will wipe every tear away, and there will be no more death and mourning and crying, and pain, and suffering. And friends, don't we long for that? Don't we long for that? Beware of the person or the church that promises all of the blessings of heaven right now in the middle of a broken world. We see glimpses of it when Jesus walked the earth. But the fullness of his promises will be ours when we are with him. So the man leaves praising God. <laughs> you can imagine him, can't you? Praising God for healing his body and healing his soul. And the crowds, they were amazed and praise God too. That sense of wholeness and complete well-being, it's so desirable. Uh, you know, every religion tries to answer the problem of human suffering and frailty and brokenness and sin in some kind of way. And most end up with some kind of moral code where people have to prove themselves worthy and earn God's acceptance through good deeds and religious acts of worship. At the heart of Christianity is a man, the Son of God who forgives sins. Our Lord Jesus Christ. More than that, he healed a cripple on this occasion to prove it. Heaven breaking into earth so we could believe. More than that, he paid for our sins fully by dying on the cross to pay for them. More than that, he rose again so that all who have placed their trust in him can have the certain hope of perfect healing and wholeness with God forever. That's a man worth trusting, that's a man worth following. Millions have followed him through the centuries. Millions follow him today. What about you? What about you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus and all the amazing things he did and said and taught us. Thank you that this morning we've seen that he has the power to heal not just broken bodies, but broken hearts, broken relationship with God by forgiving sins. And that is our greatest need. Lord, help us come to you for healing. That in you we can find forgiveness and live our lives here in this broken world, knowing that every point of pain and suffering has an end point. And we will be with you forevermore. Please strengthen us by your spirit and enable us to move forward with great hope and a positive expectation because you are with us.